Hey, AV Clubbers, this is your senior editor of the AV Club, John Tatey, and I'm here with another edition of Mom on Pop, the podcast where my mom, Bonnie Tatey, reviews all sorts of pop culture. She offers her unfiltered opinions. Isn't that right, Mom? That is correct. Unfiltered. Are you ready to talk about some Christmas specials? I am. I think we're going to irritate a lot of people, though. Oh, do you think so? I do. People who hold these near and dear. I do, yes. Um, I, I didn't think that, but yes, I do. Okay, we'll see. I don't I don't know. Maybe we won't. I, I had a good time. It okay. sounds like perhaps you had less of a good time than I did, but all will be revealed later in the show. We have a whole big lineup, four classic uh, Christmas specials, all from the 60s, we're reviewing this week. If you missed last time, we reviewed some brand new Christmas specials, uh, Toy Story That Time Forgot and How Murray Saved Christmas. And you can find that episode on your iTunes or on your SoundCloud. Or, or, or it, it will be available when you get to hell. <laughs> what? what does that mean? Well, if I had to watch that Hal Murray Saves Christmas again, I, that would be torture. Oh, but people could listen to our reviews of it. That's what I'm promoting here. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, so our, you're basically telling people that our podcast is what's played in hell. <laughs> I should listen better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a new contest for our listeners that's going to run through the end of the year. Uh, Mom, tell us what you'd like to hear from the folks this time. Well, you know, I, I asked this question on Facebook last year, and I got a very lackluster response. <laughs> but I'm really interested in what is the best thing to find in your Christmas stocking and... The worst thing. Okay. So you want people to tweet you with either the best or the worst thing they found in their Christmas stocking, or both, or if both, they have right. an answer to both. Right. And uh, those people will be entered in our contest to win what? A wonderful prize package that I sent you a picture of. Okay. And I don't have that picture in front of me, but I assume it's a pile of stocking stuffers. Well, it's good stuff. It's a... Live Free or Die New Hampshire t-shirt, and right. there's uh, a Pez in there, because Pez are near and dear to my heart. Right. And candy. Great. Yeah. Okay, so if you tell us about your stocking stuffers, you'll get some hand-picked Bonnie Tatey stocking stuffers to enter. All you need to do is tweet at MoxieNH, M-O-X-I-E-N-H, and tell her about your best or worst Christmas stocking stuffer, or, you know, Hanukkah stocking stuffer, or Kwanzaa stocking stuffer, if you happen to assign stockings to other holidays. Isn't that right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the stocking is what's important, not the particular faith that people celebrate with, right? That's right. Well, what okay. I found out is that a lot of people don't even do stockings. Don't even, yeah, yeah, that's, it's, uh... That seemed to be de rigueur when I was a kid, and now it has. It seems optional. That's kind of funny, because um, you think everybody has the same traditions that you have. Yeah, that's Not right. Not so. And, well, and also, you... I have to say that Daddy and I had a conversation probably three years ago. Uh, in my Christmas stocking as a kid, we always got a new toothbrush. And so that's I fun. always used to put a new toothbrush in your Christmas stocking. Yep. With really no inclination as to why. <laughs> but really, it's, 
pretty crappy, isn't it? <laughs> well, that's how all traditions start, isn't it? I mean, isn't that what a tradition is? It's something we do again and again every year, and we're not sure why, but we just do it. Oh, well, that's an interesting take. That is, yeah. I'll, I'll go with that. And another tradition that I don't know if you started this, but we always had a, as a kid, uh, as kids had um, little bags of gold coins, coins yeah. gold chocolate coins in our stockings, and then later you realized what? Well, that they were for, they were for Jewish children. Yeah, they were Hanukkah coins. They right? were Hanukkah coins. Yeah, <laughs> they were always a Christmas thing for us. <laughs> Well, you know, we're all denominational. That's right. That's right. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. I just, I mean, I always associated it with Christmas, and then I realized it was, yeah. Yeah. See, it's just, it's so hectic, you know? Anything bright and shiny, you just grab at it. (laughs) Yeah. And for 59 cents, how can you go wrong? So tweet those to mom. Again, her Twitter handle is at M-O-X-I-E-N-H. And you can follow her on Twitter, too, right? What do you tweet about, mom? What do I Twitter about? Yeah, yeah. Oh, many annoyances. Um, yeah. Sometimes uh, I I Twittered my fortune cookie the other day. and oh. What um, was your fortune cookie? Do you remember? I don't. I don't remember. Okay. Fortune cookies are, are good tweets. Are they? Fortune cookies maybe are the original tweets. Well, that's a good point. But, you know, anymore, your fortune cookie is really... N- not much fun. Well, they used to be fortunes, and now they're often just uh, thought-provoking sayings or uh, jokes. I don't need that. Just tell me what's going to happen to me. <laughs> yeah, I can make up my own joke. Yeah, I don't need a cookie to tell me the, tell me a joke, but if my cookie could tell me my future, good Lord. Now that's a dessert. That's right. And when did they start giving you the lottery numbers? I mean, the, the whole thing has really gotten... <laughs> silly sometimes you get how to learn chinese on the back but but with no indication of how to pronounce anything no and in fact chinese is a tonal language so you also have to know what tone to apply to the words uh it's really you know i traveled through china as you know and Mm -hmm. i tried to go on my fortune cookie learning and you'll be shocked to hear that it didn't really come in handy (laughs) well here's a question for you yeah since they have a tonal aspect to their to their language yeah do you think that they have stoners like we have you know that that speak chinese like they're stoned all the time that's funny i wonder how it yeah i wonder how they uh how that affects the way you pronounce chinese well what a funny question i have no idea Hmm. Uh, i'm trying to think if i've heard drunk chinese folks um when i was there i I don't know that's a good question maybe one of our, our listeners will know you know, you often talk about your experiences at the post office on the show, Mom, and I'm wondering if you've had any run-ins lately. I haven't, but I, I have another good story. But unfortunately, once you're on the list, you know, I, I think long and hard before I put you on my Aria's list, you really you can't come off because I put a lot of thought into it. That's right. For new listeners, the Arya's list is uh, akin to Arya Stark on Game of Thrones. Mom keeps a list of people uh, on whom she wants to visit some sort of revenge. You don't want to kill these people. No, 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 no. But um, they are uh, deserving of your ire. Basically, these are the people you're holding a grudge against is what the list amounts to. That's right. right. And, And so as not to forget anyone, I've made a list. 
But you're saying that maybe the post office should come off the list. No, no, no. You can't come off. Okay. But what? something nice happened. Something really amazing happened. Okay. I sent a package to Hank, your college roommate that mm-hmm. nobody knows. Right. And it cost like $12 to send it to him. Mm-hmm. And it was a little thank you for something that I had taken from him when he left college. Right. Did we talk about this on an earlier podcast? Maybe. Yes, we did. Okay, yeah. I think we did. So I wanted to send him, although quite late, a thank you. Yeah, yeah. So I sent him a little package with some candy and a t-shirt. And after a couple weeks, it came back. Right. And I... It contacted you and I said, is this the right address? Yes, it's the right address. Well, he had been traveling for so long and I guess he gets so much mail. The post <laughs> office out there, and they're all a bunch of nutters, I'll tell you, sent it back. Yeah. yeah. I guess the post office was too full to hold this little box. <laughs> so they sent it back. Yeah. And I took it back to my post office and I said, can I just rip all this stuff off here and send it through again. Mm-hmm. And she said what happened, and I explained to her. And she ripped off all the stuff and just sent it back again without making me pay for it. Wow, that's nice. That was big. In fairness, this is not the same postmaster that originally ended up on the Arias list, right? That is correct. So this person sort of has a clean slate. Well, this is the one that wanted to put my name on a list. Oh, right, the, because you didn't have your key for the mailbox. I don't think it was a list. She wasn't putting your name on a list. And to be fair, I'm not sure you should be throwing stones as far as the putting names on lists <laughs> arena is concerned. <laughs> right? Oh, well, I don't want to be on anybody else's list. Yeah, okay. You just want to put people on your list. Right. Okay. <laughs> Um, has isn't anyone that, else? Isn't that how you would want it to work? <laughs> well, well, yeah. But, you know, you sort of have to create the world you want to live in, don't you, Ma? And that is exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. <laughs> All right. That's certainly one take on it. So I understand you have a, a slate of questions for me before we get to Just the reviews. Now, what are these questions? Um, holiday related. Okay. These are just questions you came up with. That's right. Oh, okay. All right. This what is, is there an official list of questions well, I should be I, using? Just you tell me that you have some questions for me to answer, and I don't know. You know, I'd like a little more context. But so you're just inter- you wanted oh. to interview me with uh, with a few things. Is that what's happening here? Right. It's it's just little thoughts off the top okay. of your head. I should just shut up and listen. Is what you're saying? Right. Okay. Right. I, I will do that right now. Okay. And you should answer like off the top of your head. Okay. Okay. Have you ever been drunk on New Year's Eve? I never have. I don't really like celebrating New Year's Eve. Uh, my yeah. best my best New Year's Eve, though, was uh, going out to dinner at the... What is the name of that little place? Not that it matters the, to the listener. Yeah. The Potter Place Inn. The Potter Place Inn. Yeah, that was, that was my best New Year's Eve ever with Anna, my wife, who's yeah. always mentioned on the podcast. and uh, then Who is never getting on here. <laughs> yeah, but okay. no, I don't really party for New Year's Eve. Next question. Right. Right. Okay, that answer was much too long. Oh, okay. Okay? Yep. Can you remember the best Christmas present you got as a kid? Yes. (laughs) Is that better? Is that short enough for you? (laughs) Not that short. 
yes, the the best Christmas present I ever got as a kid was a Super Nintendo. Oh. That was the best. Wow, I remember that Christmas vividly. Is that the one where I had to go to the mall and stand in line at 7 in the morning? Yep. That that was, okay. or maybe that was the Nintendo sixty four, which was also a fantastic surprise. And one year I got a PlayStation. Really, all video game stuff. Yeah. Okay. All right. Eggnog with or without booze? Without. Without. Uh, where do you personally find the spirit of Christmas? Uh, I find the spirit of Christmas in our living room on uh, Christmas morning or Christmas oh. Eve. That's what I picture. I picture the tree with the multicolored lights. Um, and the one other thing that really makes me feel like Christmas is, uh, Darlene Love on, uh, Letterman every year. And it makes me... That's what I was going to say. It makes me so sad that this is the last year we're going to see it. I know. I know. I really can't even hardly stand the thought of it. And I've been checking the, the, uh, TV guide to see when it's going to be on. Cause I just do not want to miss it. Cause do you, we don't watch Dave anymore. Do you have the day that it's going to be on? I don't. Okay. I don't, but I want to see the whole thing. I want to see Jay Thomas tell uh, his Lone Ranger story and hit the meatball off the top of, of the tree with a football. And, you know, I, 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 I just, I'm going to, that was a fun, fun, fun thing. I love, I love all those traditions. Last year, Jay Thomas was um, ill or injured or something, and... John McEnroe came in and told his story for him, which was amusing. I mean, it was fun, but I was really yeah. disappointed that Jay Thomas wasn't there. You have to have that. You do. <laughs> you have to have that. Um, uh, I just, I, I was, I have been thinking about it all week because I just don't want to miss it, and I am going to miss it. Okay. Besides the first Christmas after Jenna was born, have you ever had a bad Christmas? <laughs> Um, I almost had a bad Christmas once. I've never had a, a truly bad Christmas. I almost had a bad Christmas once I got all clothes. Oh. You remember oh that? My. It was all <laughs> shirts. I kept opening <laughs> presents. All my loved, all my siblings and loved ones are getting marvelous toys and magical things. And every present I opened was another shirt. Um, oh, wait, didn't, wasn't there a payoff? Yeah, well, that's what I was getting to. And then the, oh. la then dad drags i think it's all done all the presents have been opened and then dad drags out one more box and it's a new uh it's a uh, power book my first you know laptop and uh, oh. that was very exciting okay phew i've never had a bad christmas but i don't remember what the christmas after jenna being born how was that bad well just because she was there <laughs> i didn't care for that not at all yeah but you love her now. Yeah. Jenna's my little sister, right. so people know what the... Yeah, oh, yeah. So here... And here's my last one. Okay. Do you have a favorite Christmas song? Hmm. This is so hokey, but I like Feliz Navidad. Really? I like when that... I like when there's a commercial with that, and I just... It's short. It's got a jaunty little beat. It always makes me happy. That's interesting. What's yours... What's your favorite? Um, I... I, you know, I really like Jingle Bells. Talk about corny. Um, and then there's, uh, I forget what it's called, but I think Mariah Carey sings it, or who's that other woman? I don't know. Who's the woman other than Mariah Carey? Right. That's right. <laughs> 
I don't say know. that she adds the most syllables to her songs. <laughs> wow, I don't know who that is. All right, let's move along to our reviews. We have four Christmas specials lined up. All of them originally aired in the 60s. These are classics, specials pretty much everyone should know. And uh, I'd like to start with the one we mentioned last time, A Charlie Brown Christmas. You ready for this? Okay. First aired in 1965, the story of Charlie Brown's quest for a meaningful Christmas has become a cultural touchstone, best known for Vince Guaraldi's soundtrack and a climactic monologue by Linus about the origin of our annual descent into tree-decorating, gift-giving madness. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. A Charlie Brown Christmas is available on DVD and online streaming services. You can find it wherever it is sold. Mom, did Linus teach you something about the true meaning of Christmas? What the, what kind of a helpful thing is that? It's available wherever it's sold. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's true, isn't it? <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I we could look it up on the internet. I don't know. I need something to close out the clip, and that's I just tell people where they can get it, and you can get it wherever. It's a Charlie Brown Christmas, for God's sake. <laughs> well, we say Walmart or something. <laughs> wherever it's sold, it's hilarious. <laughs> All right, so um, the, you were excited to watch this one. I was excited to watch this. I have not seen it in years. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I do like about it is that Shermie and Violet are in here, who, from the original comic strips, always added a little something-something to the, to the comic strip, I thought. But they've really been phased out, and you don't really see them very much. Sherman and Violet. I don't even know Sherman. Sure me, you said. Yes, Actually, yes. yeah, okay. Pay attention, John. Okay. Which one is he? Uh, he has sandy-colored hair and, you know, not a big part of it, but... Okay, okay. You know, a bit player. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, I like the Peanuts bit players. <laughs> the, other, the other thing I've always had a problem with, and then we'll talk about the other things, but the other thing that has always been a problem for me is the voices. How so? They're just not right for me. They're just, they're just not how I hear them talk. And I'm not sure how I do hear them talk, but I don't really like these uh, voices, except for Linus's. I always liked Charlie Brown's voice. I thought that they nailed that one. Did you? Yeah, but um, Lucy gets on my nerves. But you know what? I, you know, I was never a big Peanuts kid, even you know, when I was a kid reading them in the newspaper. Yeah. Uh, and I couldn't stand Lucy. I mean, I, I, I get it. She's all, she's just always irritable or angry or haughty, but I just get tired of her. Well, I always kind of related to her. Yeah. <laughs> you I always kind of fancied myself as Lucy. <laughs> wow. Well, maybe this should be, maybe we should be having this conversation in therapy. <laughs> I always liked her. I always liked her crabbiness and, how just right out there she was. Yeah. All right. So anyway. Fair enough. And how did you like her in the special? I, I didn't. You know, after I think I used to watch this as a kid, and 
and I just loved it so much. But now, I didn't enjoy it when I watched it this year. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I mentioned on the last podcast that this is uh, certainly not my favorite either. I actually, <clears throat> I disliked it a little less than I thought I would, but I still am uh -huh. not crazy about it. Tell me why it uh, it put you off. I didn't like uh, all the religion that was in it. Oh, okay. I didn't really care for that. Yeah. I did enjoy the decorate, you know, the tree transforming from um, a twig <laughs> into a beautiful <laughs> tree. Me too. I, I love that. I did enjoy that. <laughs> and 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 surprisingly, where will you see the tree I got this year for our celebration? Oh, is it? Does it need a blanket wrapped around it too? Oh, it's it needs a match. <laughs> But it was encased in ice and snow when I bought it, so I couldn't really tell. I see. I see. <laughs> you didn't shake it off or anything? I tried. I tried. That's okay. I like a sad tree. Yeah, it's very sad. I'll, I'll tell you my issue with, with this. Um, and this is, you know, like I said, it was first aired in 1965, so it's almost 50 years old at this point. Not everything's wow. going to age perfectly. But I'll tell you what bothers me. It it rubs me the wrong way a little bit to have Peanuts lecture me about commercialism. Charles Schultz, <laughs> I mean, I'm getting a lecture about commercialism while Snoopy's on the screen. Snoopy, by the way, who you may know from the MetLife Balloon and any number of other commercials. Wow, I did not get the irony there. But Peanuts has been commercialized within an inch of its life. Oh, for sure. So it's a bit rich for Charlie Brown to be bemoaning commercialism. Maybe this is another sign of how times have changed, but I didn't make the quick association that Charlie Brown did of Snoopy's decorations being commercialism. Did that strike you as odd, too? I, I did think it was odd. Because to me, if Snoopy wants to dress up his doghouse with lights, I think that's great. He's celebrating the season. He's spreading cheer. But, right. Uh, Charlie Brown moans this, and then it ends up those decorations are what saves the tree. Exactly. And, and turns everybody around. You know, th this, is, this is the conundrum of the season. Yeah. You know, what is Christmas? Is, you know, is it, is it a religious holiday? Well, you know, we, we don't really run our lives, even, even as we did 50 years ago. I think that's right. Yeah. And I think, had this come out this year people would have been very dismayed by it. Well, I don't know about dismayed. I think it would have been strange. But, you know, people take that into account when they watch it, right? Nobody exactly. watches this as a new thing. That's part of the celebration of it is that it, yes. is, it reflects this other time. Um, so exactly. Do you, the big moment is Linus's speech. How did that make you feel? Um, well, I used to enjoy it very much. Right. I just didn't enjoy it. It just didn't resonate for me this year. Yeah. Because I think Christmas is not really about that for you or for me anymore. I mean, it never really was for me. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm getting pissed that I can't just have Christmas the way I want it. <laughs> I mean, I not only can't have Christmas because now, you know, you got to say happy holidays or whatever. You, you know, just, you know, why can't we just say Merry Christmas? I mean, everything is coming into question and... You know, I just want to do it the way I want to do it. And I don't want you to judge me. Yeah. Or yeah. just don't tell me if you're judging me. I don't really <laughs> care what you think. Right. Really. I think you can say Merry Christmas. 
Well, you know, people don't. Well, people don't, but you know, the the cashier at Best Buy doesn't. But I think I think you can. I think these notions that Christmas is being oppressed are a little overblown. Do you? I do. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, not one person has said Merry Christmas to me so far. Well, I, I'll tell you what, that does rub me the wrong way a little bit, especially when it's getting real close to Christmas. Just go ahead and say Merry Christmas at that point. I'll tell you what drives me crazy is when I fly home for Thanksgiving and on the airplane they say Happy Holidays. And it's just, there's only one holiday happening right now. You can include everybody by saying Happy Thanksgiving, but they still say Happy Holidays to be safe. Well, you know, you just don't want to disrespect anyone. Say both, I say. Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Everybody's going. Really? I'm not saying anything. (laughs) It's going to be a short podcast from here on out then. Well, you know know what, here, but while we're saying that, let me just say, when I say thank you to you, don't say no problem to me. No, why not? Say you're welcome. (laughs) Who cares? (laughs) I do. Okay. No problem. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> okay. All right. That was a little rant. Do I'm you wanna, sorry. Do you want to give a modern day grade to Charlie Brown Christmas? This is a grade of watching it in 2014. What do you What yeah. do you give it? I'll give it a C. A C, really? Okay. Because of the voices. Uh, and and it just it seems dated to me. It just and and I realize how silly that is, but I just it just it didn't pull any Christmas out of me. It's just not very much fun, I have to say. All the kids are grumpy. They talk past each other. It just, it's a little morose, I find. And I know that's the Peanuts aesthetic, but I... Right. Yeah, I just yeah. don't find it very much fun. But we're going to hear it from the readers. I even had somebody uh, tweet at me before we, uh, just yesterday. Oh, you got this too. Charlie Brown yeah. Christmas is my very yeah. favorite special, uh, Emily says on Twitter. And she says, I know, and I'm the- sorry, Emily. I'm I'm really sorry. She says it's the only acceptable Christmas music, and I have to say the music in this is great, right? Uh, definitely. So yeah, there's no there's no disputing that. Uh, all uh, right. I agree. I agree with her. I'll give her that. But mom gives that one a C overall. Let's move along to Frosty the Snowman, shall we? We shall. One of the classic Christmas specials produced by the Rankin Bass Studio, Frosty the Snowman features laid-back stand-up comic Jackie Vernon in the title role, with Jimmy Durante narrating the story of a snowman who comes to life and the evil magician who seeks to destroy him. <laughs> what do you know? I'm even ticklish. In fact, I'm all living. I am alive. What a neat thing to happen to a nice guy like me. There must have been some magic in that old silk hat they found. Oh, when they placed it on his head, he began to dance around. Frosty the snowman was alive as he could be, and the children say he could laugh. Frosty the Snowman is available on DVD and for online streaming from Amazon, Apple, and the like. Mom, when you put this magic show on your TV, did you begin to dance around? I did not. You didn't. I got I got a little sidetracked thinking, I wonder if anybody even remembers who Jimmy Durante is. Well, or Jackie Vernon. Do you remember who Jackie, Jackie Vernon is? Jackie Vernon, right. Do you remember Jackie Vernon? Yeah. Not a very funny comic, I, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, right. Jackie Vernon's stick was basically to be 
you know, I said laid back. That may have been a polite way to put it, but kind of it was. Uh, aloof and goof, goofy, right? Right. I mean, he's basically Frosty the Snowman. Well, he really is. And, you know, I just, I would hate to see this remade. I would hate to see any of these remade to make them better. But they've lost a lot of charm for me. And maybe it's because I'm not watching them with a small child. Uh, I watched Frosty the Snowman by myself, and uh, I quite enjoyed it. Did you? Yeah, now that's partly nostalgia at work. I used to watch this with Jenna, my little sister, and we used to laugh at the magician. He makes a face at the end when Santa tells him he won't get any presents, and he makes this uh, stunned face. And (laughs) Jenna and I used to almost pee ourselves at, at that moment. It really has, I feel it has this lively animation and it, it's very much of the time 1969 it's got a little looseness to it but it still has a touch of that sort of conservatism to it too right i love it but i'm talking too much and i want to hear why you did not care for it well i there wasn't really anything that i didn't care for and this is i think one of the better ones mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The, one of the better christmas specials that are that are out there and i did watch this actually two years ago with a Uh, with my nephew, and it was fun to watch it through his eyes. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't so much fun when we watched it the third time in a row, (laughs) but I did enjoy the first time that we watched it. I watched this one twice yesterday. Did you really? I watched it in the morning uh, on on the computer, and then it was on TV last night, as it happens. Uh, So I watched it with Anna again. That's how much I enjoyed it. I was happy wow. to see it again. It is a lovely story. It is well told. And I, I, I think this is one that if I had a little library of, of videos, this would definitely be there. Oh, okay. So you're not that down on it. I'm not. I'm not that down on it. It, it was not my favorite of the four that we watched. But I, I, think, it's, I think this one cuts the mustard. Okay. Well, let's talk about some of, the, some of the details. The Magician... Uh, I, I don't have in front of me who played the magician, but I love the magician's voice. And I, I like that when was, he's, go ahead. That was, uh, Billy DeWolf. Okay. Wow. Do very you know good. I don't. No. Who was that? I just told you. Yeah. But what, was he a comedian? Was he an actor? You don't know. <laughs> I don't that's, remember. That's all you know. His name is Billy DeWolf. I just remember his voice and his name. <laughs> okay. He was an American character actor, according to Wikipedia. Oh, yeah, but I love when the magician says like "messy, messy, messy," or <laughs> my favorite is when he jumps on the train and says "think nasty, think nasty, think." Like he has to get himself into the mode of being evil, and I right. love that. Right, I think that that makes it palatable. So Frosty goes to the North Pole with Karen, right? And That's I, right. I wanted to ask you because about... He's, because he's, he doesn't want to melt, so so they're going to go where it's cold. Right, and he's an idiot. He can't take care of himself. Well, he is a snowman. He is a snowman in his defense, yeah, and uh, he's amusingly dumb. But Karen, this little girl, goes along with him. Now, here, I wanted to ask you about this. Karen gets cold on the way to the North Pole, as you might imagine she would. Right. She doesn't have any pants on, and the whole time I'm saying, for God's sake, why don't you put some pants on? It's the middle of winter. But she's wearing this dress, and I wanted to ask you, 
this was 1969 when this was first aired. Would yeah. it have been strange for this little girl to be wearing pants, or did they just give her a dress because it was the cutest thing to give her? Well, it was it was a cute thing to give her, but do you know that I graduated high school in 1970, and in 1970 was the first year at our public high school that girls were allowed to wear pants really? to school. Okay. Not jeans. They had to be slacks, nice slacks. Wow. So that re- so I guess I was kind of right in my suspicions then. That's just a yes. sign of the times. Yes. Yeah, little girls just did not wear pants. That's so strange to me. And so what did you wear in the winter? Dresses and Weren't- tights. Okay, tights. And Karen doesn't have any tights on, I guess, that she could have. But the tights couldn't have kept you that warm. No, they didn't. Oh, Lord, the things we do to women. I know. Because you men, you just want to look at our fancy legs. (laughs) I know it. It's terrible. And we went along with it, so there you go. Yeah. There's one last moment I wanted to ask you about from Frosty the Snowman. So they, first of all, they find this greenhouse in the middle of the Arctic, which is another amazing stroke of convenience (laughs) Uh, they come across this greenhouse well where else would you grow poinsettias yeah (laughs) right really don't be silly full of poinsettias um and this whole sequence is aggravating for me because frosty takes her in to the greenhouse to get karen warm and i just feel like just shove her in the door and you wait outside you can still see her He's, he's telling her jokes in there, and I'm thinking, put her down and get out. And then he gets locked in and what have you, right? Well, uh, again, he is he is a snowman. He's not the smartest, right. But then he isn't a snowman, and there's the scene where Santa comes in and Frosty's all melted, which right. I'll tell you what, Mom, I cried both times I watched this yesterday in that scene. It still gets me. As a kid, <laughs> this is one of the saddest things that I saw is Santa coming in and Frosty's just gone, melted. Oh. Now, do you, is, that, is that at all uh, upsetting to you? Well, it's upsetting to me that you cried both times. Well, I just teared up. I wasn't sobbing, but it, yeah. It, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, maybe I wasn't in the right mood because I used to tear up at Linus doing his recitation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I understand what you're saying. And I think that's that's the pull. That's the feel of Christmas. That's really getting in touch with yourself. To me, this is even more than Christmas. To me, this is, you know, even setting aside the fact that it's a Christmas special, to me, this is like kids dealing with death. I mean, to me, it feels like looking at my childhood dying. It's basically like Karen goes through this first major tragedy of her life yeah. there. To me, that's really where the special ends. I know that Santa comes along and gives this gibberish about Christmas snow and how it comes back. Comes with, back again, yeah. I mean, that is all nonsense. Santa, you're making no sense here. Well, but maybe he's saying, maybe he's saying, you know, uh, Frosty isn't really gone. You'll remember him and, and he'll be back again next year when you can recreate this. I think that's quite right. I think it's about dealing with death. You know, you you have the memories of this of him and he'll come back at these sort of touchstone moments throughout the year. Right. Yeah. I think that's the subtext of it as much as Frosty the Snowman does have subtext. So I find it very beautiful and moving. Well, I think that's lovely. Uh, something that I obviously missed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> being the cold-hearted person that I am. But I think that's very lovely. My favorite moment was when the animals were decorating. I like that. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're near the North Pole and all the animals right. are preparing for Christmas. Yeah, that's right. You know, and Hocus, Hocus Pocus asks the animals to build a fire and they do and they warm up around that a little bit. I just I just thought that was it's very precious. sweet. Yeah, I yes. like I think Hocus is pretty funny. The magician's bunny. Don't you think so? Yes. Yes. Rabbit, I guess you say. The Jerry Lewis of Frosty the Snowman. That's yeah. right. Okay, so what is your grade for Frosty the Snowman? I would give this a B plus. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, I think it's worth watching. I think it's worth making a bowl of popcorn. and. Yeah, yeah. Okay, How the Grinch Stole Christmas is up next. You ready for that? I am. Okay. The first Dr. Seuss TV special is also the most enduring. In the 1966 short How the Grinch Stole Christmas, a furry green misanthrope tries in vain to prevent the town of Whoville from celebrating the holiday. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a... Greasy black peel. Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas airs December 21st on Cartoon Network, and ABC, in fact, is going to show it on Christmas Day. And I'm sure you can buy it somewhere if you want. Mom, did your heart grow three sizes when you rewatched this one? It did. Oh, it good. Did. Good, good. See, you're not a Grinch after all. I'm not, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. But I was surprised at, I I was just mesmerized by this. Really? Tell me it's why. It's very colorful. It's very lively. It had the right mix of everything. I, I just absolutely was crazy about this. What do you like about the Dr. Seuss style? I love the color, the flair with the color mm-hmm. and and the... Um, the cleverness, you know, this is told in rhyme, and it's very clever. It is the kind of thing that you could watch as an adult or a child and just enjoy. Mm, yeah. We saw How Murray Saved Christmas for the last podcast, also told in rhyme. I think an example of how not to do rhyme. This, it's so effortless in this one, and of course, this was Dr. Seuss's talent. Sometimes he makes a rhyme, and you barely notice it, because the language flows so well, and sometimes he right. makes a rhyme, and you're just delighted by it, because it's so clever. Right, it's, and, it, and, it, and it really has a sophistication to it. Yeah, that's right. It isn't just how uh, the cat in the hat reads. Boris Karloff, are you a fan? No, he was in scary movies. Yeah, and you never liked those? Mm-mm. No, still don't. You like him in this, though? I do. I do. And the man that sings about, oh, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Right. Yeah. Thurl Ravenscroft is the guy's name. Boy, what a mouthful that is. Huh? Well, you get it mixed up with all the other Thurls that you know, so it's easy. Right. To... <laughs> They're so easy. To... <laughs> oh, my God, Johnny. Um, well, anyway, so this story starts off with the Grinch hating the Who's and all their Christmas and just hating everything about it, how happy they are. and But it's told in a, in a very nice way. And he has a dog that, that plays the hocus-pocus part of, right. of how the Grinch, which is hilarious, I think, the stuff that they have him do. Because he's not all in. He's no. not all in on this. He's just a... He's just 
getting by. He's just loyal, and he's the Grinch's dog. That's his lot in life, and he does his best, doesn't he? He does. He does his best. But they decide that they're going to ruin Christmas, and the Grinch makes a uniform, and he's all dressed up like Santa, and turns the dog into a reindeer, and they're going to go down to the village and and steal all the Christmas. Just steal everything about it. I'll tell you what, the stealing sequence goes on a little long for me. Uh, Did it? Yeah, and I'm, I'm not crazy about this one overall. I'm just not as excited about... I just And even as a kid, I didn't really get into Dr. Seuss's kind of spindly and ornate contraptions that he makes, you know, the hapdabblers and famboozlers and all that. Right. Doesn't really grab me, but I do appreciate the craft and the genius behind it. It just doesn't excite me in particular. And I feel like the Grinch steals stuff for such a long time, and they show the same footage twice when they do the montage, and I get it. He stole Christmas. That's that's what I felt a little bit watching that. I know it's cringy of me to say that, but... Well, uh, let's face it, this is from a, a very short book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, they really had to flesh it out. They did. I think one of the more genius ways they did that was the sequence with uh, the dog and the Grinch on top of the mountain, and they've yes. got the sled all full. Now, this is sort of classic Chuck Jones. Um, Chuck Jones, you know, this uh, Warner Brothers Bugs animator. Bunny, right. Bugs Bunny. Right. This is a lot like a Roadrunner short at times because um, the Grinch is akin to Wiley e. Coyote. And they're balancing this sled on top of this mountain. And there's just the animation in this sequence is just genius because, oh, it always feels like, oh, it's going to go up, <laughs> up, up the whole time, you know? And I, and I love when the collars, the dog slips through the wrong end. And <laughs> yeah. it's just smooth and clever. And I, I enjoyed it. I but, want you to enjoy it. Well, I I appreciate parts of it. I guess I'll I guess I'll say that's the that's the best I can do. But it's not my favorite. It's not my favorite. Well, well, and let me say, while they're on the mountain and the sled is tippling this way and that way, he suddenly the Grinch. That's when he has his moment. Right. He and his heart grows three sizes. Right, because he sees that the villagers have come out and they don't need all that stuff that he stole. They're still happy. They're still going to have Christmas. They're still joyous and thankful. Can I tell you, I kind of like that portrayal of here's the true meaning of Christmas more than the uh, Charlie Brown Christmas lecture from yeah. Linus. You know, yeah. it's it's implied in this one that they that they just come out and sing because it's right. Christmas, not because of the presents. But they don't, you know... They don't really beat you over the head with that. They just allow the Grinch to have his transformation. And it's it's that's sort right. of implicit, you know? I think it's perfect. And, and that's why I really did like this one so much. All right. I guess I like it a little better now than when we first started talking about it today. So you convinced me a little bit. Okay. Okay. Because in the end, if you came for Christmas, as you will this year... Really, we would have more fun playing games and eating good food than we really care about what's under the tree. That's absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a while ago that I realized, you know, and when you're little, you're excited about all the presents. You don't really get how important it is to come together as a family at the end of the year, especially because right. you're home all the time. I mean, this is I'm not telling saying anything anybody doesn't know, but you go away to college and then you go away to life. And you realize how very valuable that, that moment of uh, coming back together really is. Right. That's right. And I know years ago, 
I forget if Matt wasn't coming. And, oh, Jenna was furious. She was just furious. Yeah, yeah. Her Christmas was not going to change. She wanted it just the way it was. And then I think a couple of years later, she went to Australia for Christmas. <laughs> that sounds like Jenna, yeah. <laughs> the nomad. That's right. I'm out of here. It is tough for the younger siblings. I think it is because they're used to all that uh, tradition. That's that's their Christmas. Yeah, yeah. And they, I mean, the older siblings get it. They've been through it, you know, 18, 19, however many times. Right. Uh, but yeah, when you're little, I remember being upset, not like Jenna, but I was also bothered by the fact that not everybody would be there at a certain point. Yeah. I'm bothered by the fact that I can't be there every year. Well, we hate it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm not crazy about it either, but these are the sacrifices you make. I know. And we try to be good sports about it, but we want you here. We want everybody here. Well, you'll have me this year. And maybe when I'm there, we'll watch Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is the longest-running TV Christmas special. The hour-long show starring Burl Ives as Sam the Snowman debuted in 1964. It expanded the song's version of the Rudolph story by inventing characters like Hermie, the elf who wants to be a dentist, and adding a side trip to the island of misfit toys. Hey, what do you say we both be independent together, huh? You wouldn't mind my red nose? Not if you don't mind me being a dentist. It's a deal. <laughs> Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is available on DVD and Blu-ray, but check the reviews before you buy, because I noticed, listeners, that the uh, show has been re-edited a number of times over the years, and uh, Amazon reviews complain about scenes from the original broadcast that still haven't been restored. Uh, in particular, the prospector discovers a peppermint mine near the end of the show, and that has been cut for decades. They don't show that anymore. That's right. Do you remember that? I do. Yukon Cornelius? Yes. Yeah, he finds a... So throughout the whole thing, right, he's tossing his pickaxe into the ground, and then he picks it up and licks it and goes, mm, mm, nothing, yes. right? And you think, like, he's tasting for gold or something like that, but the payoff to that joke is at the end he finds a peppermint mine, but they've cut that since the 70s to make Wow, room. I I thought he was had Asperger's or something. <laughs> no. He, uh, yeah, he finds a pepper. They cut it to add a scene where Santa goes back to the Island of Misfit Toys because viewers complained that Santa doesn't keep his promise to go take care of those toys. Oh, Lord. Heaven forbid. Yeah, I think that was implied in the original, but they needed to make it explicit. So, yeah, the peppermint mine scene has not been seen for some time. Wow. But uh, let's talk about Rudolph overall. Mom, what did you think of this? <laughs> really? Sorry. I'm all choked up. Um, I like the story. I like Burl Lives narrating it, but it seems very old-fashioned to me. Because of the stop-motion animation? Yes, but I do love the story, and this is one that I think I would watch anyway um, just for 
tradition. I don't enjoy the misfit part. Really? Why not? I just don't. Does it make you sad? Well, I think it's sad, and I don't know. I just like the story of Rudolph. Although I have to say, I also enjoyed seeing the birth of Rudolph and the, and his parents' surprise at his red, shiny nose, something that you don't hear about in the song. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so that that's very cute, I think. The parents aren't entirely sure about it. Well, they're embarrassed. They The father tries to disguise it. Yeah, Donner. He's a real jerk. <laughs> He's one of the lesser ones, you know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess if you're one of the lesser-known reindeer, you might have an attitude, jealous That's right. of the and other he's, ones. And he's he's hoping to make his fame through his son's fortune, <laughs> <laughs> or his fortune through his son's fame, as the case may be. Santa's kind of a jerk too. Well, yeah, I thought so too. Also, I think at the end, when Santa says, "Rudolph, what you got in my sleigh tonight?" I think it might be in order for Santa to say, "By the way, I apologize." For, right. For being so dismissive of you before. That's right. With uh, having no no insight to the fact that I might need you someday. Which leads me to, to the most amazing thing about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is that they create a character who's actually more good than Santa Claus. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like... <laughs> He's more of a good person than Santa Claus, for God's sake. That's how much of a hero Rudolph is in this story. I did not look at it like that. But you're right. Right? Um, so why didn't you like the stop motion? I was distracted by it. Because it's kind of jittery and... Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I kept looking at it. Kept looking at that as opposed to watching the show. Yeah, I found myself doing that sometimes too, just looking looking at uh, the trying to make sense of the motions on the screen and to tell which right. which ones were intentional, which ones weren't. Yeah, it was a little it was a little difficult, but you know, that's cuz I'm such a sophisticated viewer myself. <laughs> I know you are. Well, I noticed that too, and I think you might be interested in this. Anna, uh, my wife who's always mentioned on the podcast. Maybe I should just call her that from now on. Anna, my wife who's always mentioned on the podcast. That would make That's her happy. That's what I call her. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I was watching this with Anna, and uh, she has she does stop motion animations, as you know, with her mochi mochi characters, yeah. and uh, she's taken stop motion classes. And she pointed out, you know, she's she's learned about the history of the craft, and she pointed out that now we have computers where you can compare previous frames that you've taken to new frames. You can see how it's going to move, okay. and they didn't have the equipment for that back in 1964 they couldn't look frame by frame so they were just animating it and then they'd have to look at you know the full scene when they once they developed the film but they couldn't look at it on the spot and and compare you know go back and forth between frames to see where they needed to move things so which i think makes it incredible that they Uh, yes exactly i agree but and you know that's it you know who who has any idea what the process is and yet here i sit judging it yeah. 50 years later. Now, I should say that this is just, I'm just speaking generally, I don't know what the exact process was for Rudolph, but this, you know, this is sort of how it was at the time. Right. They didn't right. have the instant replay style set up yet. Well, that's very interesting. What about the character design? Which one of these characters would you like to have on your shelf at home? Oh, I think Rudolph. You think Rudolph's the cutest? Yeah. I honestly think all of the character designs are incredible. I think you could put any of these on a shelf in a sort of pop boutique right now, and people would snap them up. 
Oh, I totally agree with you. If even if they were brand new, like I think they're timeless. And that that is really hard to do. Yeah. You know, hard to span the generations and and make that work. But I agree. I I just love the feel of it. I loved, um, you know, that Rudolph finally decides to go home. And when he gets there, you know, his parents and Clarice, his girlfriend, uh, have gone off to look for him. and, And then the storm comes in and Rudolph saves the day. That was my very favorite part, the the end as it happened. Yeah, yeah. Rudolph is vindicated. It just feels good. It feels like everything got wrapped up in a bow. <laughs> you know, I've never seen this one in its entirety before. Really? Yeah, we never, we watched Frosty uh, when I was little. There, was, there were some that we watched and some that we just didn't. And we never watched Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Maybe because you didn't like the uh, stop motion animation. No, this had nothing. Don't pin this on me. Uh, I think it was your fault. You deprived me of an t- essential part of my childhood. You knew how to turn that TV on. <laughs> I sure did. Yeah, that's about all you did. I just didn't know how to turn it off. That's... <laughs> well, that's what Dad was for. <laughs> What's your grade for Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Uh, I would give this a B. Okay, and I don't think we did The Grinch. What was your grade for The Grinch? I'm going to give The Grinch an A-. minus. Okay. These are pretty good. You were very negative at the beginning, but everything, the really, the uh, Peanuts Christmas special is the only one that got a, it got a C, right? Yeah. That's Everything else was above average. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, I like that. I like the uh, feeling of Christmas. I do like that. Well, I know you do. But, uh, yeah, you weren't, I think you were discriminating with these. You weren't just nostalgic about them all, but it seems like you enjoyed most of them. I enjoyed them even more than I thought I would, I have to say. Well, and I probably enjoyed them a little less than I thought I would. Okay. But I I enjoyed them, nonetheless. I could see why all of them were classics. And I'll tell you what, if I had, if I had little children now, I would make an evening of that, you know, closer to Christmas, little hot chocolate and and popcorn and cookies and sit down and watch it. I think that would be a great tradition to have with your kids. Wouldn't it? And you know, the other thing, Ma, is when we talked about um, How Murray Saved Christmas, the new NBC special on our last podcast, you and I both remarked how it had this sort of racial and ethnic um, humor that uh, you found it offensive, and I think both of us found it inappropriate for kids. You know, not the kind of messages I really want my kids to see. No. What I loved about all of kids. Well, no, not yet. Uh, That I don't know about? No. (laughs) But what I loved about all of these, okay, everybody is in them is is white, and that's a sign of the times. But there's nothing in it that I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't show to kids today. And there's nothing sort of, ooh, that's not politically correct now. There's really not anything like that. And that's hard to do. Well, I agree. I agree with that. And, and on the other hand, it seems like uh, Murray, they went all out to try to offend absolutely everyone. Yeah. I, don't, I just still don't understand what that was about. Murray has people of all different colors and, and whatnot and shapes and sizes, but it is more offensive than these supposedly more retrograde specials, I think. I think it was 100% offensive. Yeah. <laughs> It was, but we don't need to rehash that. Okay. Okay, so How the Grinch Stole Christmas is your number one Christmas special recommendation. Yes. 
So folks are going to watch these over the holidays. They're going to enter our Twitter contest. Tell us about your uh, best and worst stocking stuffers you've ever gotten. Tweet those to mom at moxienh, M-O-X-I-E-N-H. Let me just get in some uh, closing plugs. Are you a fan of the Serial podcast? If you are, and also if you're not, in fact, try Serial Serial, the AV Club's podcast about a podcast hosted by our own Mara Eakin. Find it on iTunes and at avclub.com. And hey, if you enjoy Mom on Pop, this very podcast you're listening to right now, don't forget to review us on iTunes because Mom sure does appreciate it, doesn't she? I love it. <laughs> People have been so nice in those, and it really does help us get the word out. And uh, oh, this is our big iTunes promo episode, so we might have some new listeners this week. Oh, that'll be fun. Welcome. Listen to all the past uh, episodes over the holiday break. We are taking a holiday break, too, but we will be back January 5th with a new installment of Mom on Pop. Until then, this is John Tatey for Bonnie Tatey wishing you a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Talk to you in 2015.